0: You gotta be stronger than the story. Don't let it blind you. That's lyrics from the Killers' 2008 song "This Is Your Life" off their album "Day and Age." Um, I love the Killers; they're like my favorite band. Um, That song's awesome. The the album "Day and Age" is awesome. I really like those that lyric uh, from the song Um, because it's it's like in life, you know, you gotta be stronger than the story. Don't let it blind you because you know whether we know it or not, when we're existing in society. Uh, whether we be in any situation with our family, with our friends at work. Um, it's kind of like a story, you know, if you actually put it in place, like there's characters, there's stuff going on, there's subject matter. And a lot of things can really just make you uh, question what's going on. You're rolling things. And like, you know, um, and if you're stressed out or if you're going through tough times, um, that's part of the story. But if you're stronger than the story, if you're stronger than that, that plot and you don't let it blind you and you just stick to your, you know, you stick to your inner your inner uh workings of yourself and what makes you who you are, and you're stronger than the environment around you and the, the circumstances around you, um, it can really give you a leg up in life. Uh, I really believe that. Uh, you gotta be stronger than the story. So every time I heard that song by the killers, um that line always stands out to me. You gotta be stronger than the story. Um, Joe, how you doing today?
1: Not bad, Shawnee. How you doing?
0: doing pretty well it's a post christmas show today um yesterday i uh well friday night i went out for christmas eve with family i had a good steak i had a filet a huge filet it was it was friggin' delicious at the place i've never been to Um uh, place was good i got mac and cheese that was good um you know enjoyed my christmas eve um i don't want to bring this up we'll talk about this later but you know i enjoyed the cowboys beating the eagles that was nice i'm sure you uh, did <laughs> so that was nice and then christmas i you know spent it with some other family um and uh yeah i mean i got a i got a really nice A family member got me a really nice leather jacket it's a faux leather jacket but it's michael kors and it's like you know it's so it's super nice it's stylish i'm gonna wear it when it gets a little bit warmer out um because I don't, I don't really wear leather jackets but this one's like really stylish um and it like it's not cheap you know even though it's faux leather it's it's like a it's pretty you know it's not a cheap jacket and it's it's good quality. um. So I'm excited to to wear that, you know, when it starts to get a little uh, warmer outside. So that was a cool gift I got. Thank you for the person who got me that. Um, And then, you know, I got some money and stuff because I really, for Christmas, I really just want money. Um, I want cash. I want to be able to do what I want to do. I want to be able to go to a concert, to go to a game, you know, because, you know, a lot of times I'll get, these days I get gifts and I'm thinking to myself, oh man, if I just have the money that these gifts cost, I can get what I want. Cause we talked about this with the gift cards and you get a gift card, you have the ability to do what you want. Uh, but I think cash might be the best, the best gift because cash is just like someone's giving you money and then, you know, it's kind of cool. But uh, how was your Christmas, Joe?
1: Hey man, you've ever, ever heard the term silent night and holy night How how holy a silent night can be. I mean, uh, Christmas Eve was just chill. I, I chilled at home actually on Christmas Eve and Christmas day, spent a few hours with some relatives and had a little something to eat and came home and, uh all in all very very small get-togethers very and silence and relaxation is what it's all about too and and really it is kind of about um i mean real people try to say well it's just not about this not it really it, it, it is for me about the birth of of Christ not that i go i don't go bananas over here but uh on christmas eve i was chilling at home and sitting back in a chair and i watched the mass you know, they have that 90-minute mass on. I try to – if I'm home, I try to watch it. I'm not home every Christmas Eve, but when I am, I try to watch it. Um, very relaxing, very nice, and just a reminder of what it's all about. And uh, that was it. Other than that, today is uh, Monday to March, Tuesday.
0: Yeah, I feel like Christmas is nice. You have these nice, uh, joyful feelings and, you know, the the cold – well, people on the East Coast, the cold weather – uh, the trees, the lights, we talked about this, you know, last episode about Christmas, but uh it's kind of like you get to enjoy the, the end of your year. And then you reset, uh, af- you know, after new year's and new year's Eve, you reset, and then you're able to set some, we'll talk about this on, you know, the next episode or the two episodes from now, about new year's and stuff and some new year's resolutions, but you're able to really reset yourself and, you know, set a goal for that year and figure out what, how you want to live your life for that year. And you get, you know, it gives you, it's kind of like, you're not getting a fresh start, you know, officially but you're getting a fresh start psychologically um because it's a whole new year it's like oh i had this whole new year you know 2022 is over now it's 2023 let's fucking go um so last year for me it was uh i was overweight i was fat i had a big gut i weighed over 200 pounds you know like 210 not not too crazy but i'm only like five foot eight five foot nine
1: yeah i was gonna say for are um, frame an, i
0: was an athlete my whole life so being overweight was not normal for me So, you know, I had people call me fat and lazy and all sorts of names and, you know, treat me differently because I'm fat. Whereas in the past I've been this athlete, I've been phenomenal shape and people treat you better when you're better looking and you're in shape, whether people like it or not, whether it's subconscious you do. But anyway, just to talk about the resetting of the year last year, I decided to uh, lose weight. So starting in January, around mid January, that's when I really committed to it. um, I started going to the gym seven days a week. Um, The only two days I missed was one day it was a snow day, but I shoveled the driveway that day and i I walked in the treadmill for like an hour and then yesterday for christmas i couldn't I couldn't go to the gym so I just did some push um and some lunges and some jumping jacks um uh, but anyway, I, I lost you know I'm down to like one fifty pretty much I lost about uh sixty pounds in two thousand and twenty two and now I'm back looking like my normal self you know I'm like this is this is who I am because I look you know when I was fat, looking at myself in the mirror and pictures it was like you know when I was fat, it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't that weird for me for other people. I think it was weirder for them seeing me fat. Like my face was bigger, everything, you know? Um, And, you know, I didn't have a lot of confidence, but now, but now that I'm back in shape and I'm looking at pictures just from last year, you know, from the end of 2021, the beginning of 2022. And I'm like, who is that person? Who is that? You know? Um, So, you know, I'm happy that I lost all that weight and I'm back to my normal self. And I have a good routine, going to the gym every day. I'm really pumped up about that. But my point is, um, Christmas is like a nice, you know, celebration of your year. You're able to enjoy with your family and friends if you still have them. Um, even by yourself is nice. Just you know, just 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 appreciate life. You know, ponder things. Yeah. Um, like you said, Joe, you like the silence and things. Um, but you know, like the killer's quote that I, the lyric that I brought up in the beginning of this episode. Um, from the song, This Is Your Life, you got to be stronger than the story. Um, so, whatever your story is, like my story last year was I was overweight and I wanted to uh, be stronger than the circumstances in the story that I wasn't fat, you know? So, I, I made, did something about it and I lost weight. So, I was stronger than the actual story at the time. I changed the plot line of my life. Um, so, I thought that was cool.
1: Well, I and I, I go ahead. Well, I, I had yeah, the opportunity yeah. to look at some of those lyrics too when you sent me that. Um, and I saw it was a killer song, and I didn't even listen to the music, but I just locked in on the words, and it it sounded kind of to me like uh, was an interesting song. I mean the words, I mean it looked like the
0: the actual song. Not to interrupt you, I'll let you continue in a second. mm -hmm. But the the actual song is kind of about because the killers are from Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. It's kind of about like a girl gets caught up in like as a prostitute, right? Lives a very tough life as a prostitute. So a lot of songs have like the specific meanings. But I literally just just narrowed in and, and honed in and
1: and uh, isolated the one isolated lyrics this, yeah. this
0: specific because you could apply this to anything in life. But mm-hmm. um, right. I recommend Joe definitely listen to the song because I think you know I think you'll like a lot of the killer songs. I'm trying to you know they're my favorite band, so mm-hmm. I think you know just check them out. But what were you saying? So you read some of the lyrics. So, what were your thoughts?
1: Right. Well, and, and and what you derive from it is pretty much applicable to what they're doing too. They're the narrator is trying to tell this young lady. Look, this is what you were, and he even gets descriptive about their environment and some of the this and that. Uh, so you know what she's involved with. Uh, and she, you know that she thinks that she's kind of doomed. Um, you know, the self-fulfilling prophecy, they call it in psychology, yep. that she's kind of doomed for that. And he's trying to explain to her, no, 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 you, you can, you can at random, you can pick it up and you can go a different direction. And don't, you know, something about the shadows following and this and that. I don't know if that's, but it, it was, hey, young lady, come here. You're much more than this. Don't buy into it. Don't think you're doomed to stick that jaw into the air. And tomorrow morning is the first day of the rest of your life. You can absolutely walk away from this and you can do much better than this because you are better than this. That's what I took from it. Don't, don't buy into the self fulfilling prophecy and how bad a young lady must feel about herself. After getting it, it's got to be really God awful. Yep. How, how, ba- and how bad are circumstances that lead her into it and how bad way internally does a young lady feel about herself after doing this? And he's trying to reach her and pull her out of there. And I think it's a, it's really cool. It's a little bit depressing, but what's, what's uplifting is, is the fact that he's trying to pull her away from that and say, damn it come, come here get over no you come yeah. here don't don't buy into that you're you're better than this yeah. you know so I, lo- I i like that it's a good choice i'm i'm really good choice
0: um, i'm gonna do i'll probably be doing a lot of killer songs because i love that band i you know i, I know you do yeah. yeah um so and just even the name of this song is this is your life just take that you're not even, it's not even a lyric this is your life it's not anyone else's life it's your life so you know live the best life that you can. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So- I want to talk about, you guys know, Talk. talking, this is your life. Be stronger than the story. Uh, I wanted to acknowledge what's going on in Buffalo and that part of New York with all the snow um, so far. That's a death toll of 27 people. Um, Cause there's been people buried in like 43 inches of snow in the Buffalo area, the, you know, the upper New York uh, state area. Um, it says, you know, three people died from a, a ambulance delay, 14 were found outside You know, God rest their soul for being frozen to death outside. You know that's that's got to be tough. I don't know how they got in that situation. They got stuck in the snow. What happened? Uh, Three were shoveling and blowing uh, snow. They had cardiac events like heart attacks and whatnot. Four had no heat. So just imagine these people's lives. They have no heat. You know they're dying. And then three were in a vehicle. They're stuck in a vehicle. So my heart goes out to those people in Buffalo. We're thinking about you. Um, And like it's like Killer's quote can apply to that. You got to be stronger than the story. So they can be stronger than the snow around them, than the, the weather around them. Do what you got to do to survive, get through it, and then if you think you weren't prepared this time, prepare better next time. You know, for this the storm.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: um, I agree. Yeah, we're fortunate to be in New Jersey, where we talked about this last episode. When we get snow, it's nothing like it's not like going to like lead to death. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, the circumstances where you could be driving in the middle of a snowstorm, your car could break down in the middle of nowhere, and you could have your phone service not work no one can get to you physically cuz the snow starts accumulating and then you're sitting in your car just you know you don't want to leave your car you're freezing to death outside um then you're stuck in your car you, no one comes to help you and then you know um so yeah there's all these circumstances in life uh but in that circumstance you could look back on it too and be like okay make sure you have really really warm clothes in your car
1: Reparations.
0: if you run out of gas uh, make sure you have something to keep you warm, you know, hand warmers. Yeah. Um, so there's preparation, you know, you'd be stronger than that situation. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For um, most of them. I'm sure some poor souls showing just didn't have a chance.
0: No, I mean, no. That's for what most, I'm yeah, for yeah, most of them. Chance, you're right.
1: Preparation could have been yeah. a big variable.
0: Yeah, I mean the people who died of like cardiac arrest while like shoveling the driveway—that was just like you know that was probably going to happen anyway when they're when they exert themselves.
1: Or some poor old sucker that that's trying to make ends meet with a social security check and he doesn't have any he doesn't have any heat in the house and you know who 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 knows I don't I don't or the heater broke and he couldn't you know so but for the most part you're right you're right you know be stronger than the story and and in this case preparation and a lot of in a lot of those cases would have would have you know gone a long way sure absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, so today we're going to focus on um, the actor Jeff Daniels. So, you know, I, it's my actor today. I chose Jeff Daniels. Um, I, one of my favorite movies of all time, if not my favorite, is Dumb and Dumber. And, you know.
1: I think there were several of those.
0: There's only, well, there's only two. There's Dumb and Dumber oh, okay. and Dumb, and okay. Dumb and Dumber okay. 2, T.O. Um, so, but the original is the best, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I digress, Joe. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, he's 67 years old now. He's been around forever. He went to Central Michigan. He went to the college for a little bit, but he dropped out of college to pursue acting. He found his calling. Um, then he had a couple of things in, in the early 80s, I think around like 83, 84. That's when he really started getting into getting roles and getting casted. Um, but I first saw him, well, at least what, what I can remember, um, I first saw him in, uh, in Dumb and Dumber. And that movie to me, I could. That's a movie I can watch. That movie anytime, any time of the day, whatever mood I'm in, um, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be in a better mood because that movie just makes me laugh out. I've seen the jokes a million times. I know what's going on. I know the whole story. Um Right. But that, but that
1: still makes you laugh. It's like that that Seinfeld. Movie, <laughs> yeah, it that still makes is- you laugh.
0: Yeah, the well Seinfeld's another show. I, I pretty much watch Seinfeld every night before I go to sleep. But it it's, still
1: makes you laugh. You you, you know you've seen <laughs> it a thousand times, but it yeah. still makes you laugh. So he,
0: he play he plays a character named Harry, his best friend is Lloyd. Um, right. you know, they they think that this woman like lost a lot of money, but it was like being used for ransom. It's a whole like misunderstanding. So they drive from Providence to Aspen, Colorado, and it's a whole adventure, like road trip type of thing. Um and they're the you know, the characters are friggin' awesome. There's Jim Carrey <laughs> and Jeff Daniels. <laughs> Jim Carrey, that's the thing about that. Jim Carrey's known for comedy, and Jeff Janos is not really known for comedy. For so, for Jeff Janos to step into this role and be so funny, um, you know, because I'll talk about the other movies that he was in and I'll give you my top five. Um, but this is really out of his comfort zone. Um, you know, he's the ability to be funny, but the way he played this character, Harry, um, was this friggin' awesome, like. And the way his deadpan, the way he's so like stone faced and confused, because he's like naive in a lot of situations. Both of the guys are idiots, basically, but they're funny. <laughs> I know.
1: They're the one funny. of my favorite lines showing from this thing, I don't know which one said it to the other, but they're both sitting in, in like a car. And they're, one of them is trying to persuade the other to go into like what are you, a landscape of it or something, like, some kind of little business. And the one guy says to the other, he goes, You know, um, from now on, I'll do it. But from now on, I want half. No more of this 50% bullshit.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, like stuff like that it's funny as hell i yeah. i
1: just i was on the ground when i heard that yeah. i'll never it's forget the,
0: that i think <laughs> i think the Far- i think the Farrelly brothers uh made dumb and dumber i'm pretty sure um yeah. but i could be wrong but i, I think i'm pretty sure I think i'm right about that but that those guys are like comedic geniuses um
1: yeah i uh, loved him in gettysburg too he was in gettysburg
0: yeah That's not even in my top five and i, I haven't I, saw seen, that. I haven't even seen gettysburg but oh, um what did, you, what did what was his role in Gettysburg?
1: He was a a field general out there for the Union Army, and there's a, there's a scene in the movie where he stands in front of them.
0: So he was on, he was in the Union. He was on like the non-racist side, pretty much.
1: <laughs> yeah, <You> know, the <laughs> Confederates were racist. Yeah, know. the Camp Fredericks were. They were some selfish and and nasty dudes. Let's face it. Um, but um. He was he was a union. I'm gonna say, gonna say I'm gonna say like a sergeant. Like he had his own uh, platoon sergeant. I don't know the verbiage, you know, but he yeah. had his own group of men, maybe 50 men, and he's standing there, and he he's basically giving them intro, an introduction of what's about to happen, and what 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 is on the line as far as history, and as far as rights to man, and as far as the the future of our union, as he's talking. You know, and you see the background, you see the trees in the background, the fields, and you know it's I was up there a couple of years ago walking around it's it's really you know just, just to just to feel some of the ghosts and just to it's neat but um he gives this speech um that's really really, and they have to like Gettysburg and this kind of thing, but you know, I was ready to grab a, a bayonet and, you know <laughs> but it, it was it was just really cool yeah I, so- and I've seen him mm-hmm, and I've seen him and one more thing sean that i want i've seen him in everything, but i can't remember which. what's what he's been around forever. But he was in a show called The Newsroom, which didn't that's last long.
0: Yeah, because that, that, that's my – I'm going to – Olivia keep, Munn
1: makes me remember yeah. that. But oh, she,
0: yeah, Aaron Rodgers did it for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, I was gonna bring that up. That's in my top five too. But before before we get to the newsroom, I'll bring it up. We'll talk about it in a second. Sure. Uh there's one part in Dumb and Dumber Two. It's Dumb and Dumber. Not the not the number two, the just T O T O. That's the two in it. Uh, it's a sequel to Dumb and Dumber. Because they made another one with like not Jim Carrey and, and uh Jeff Daniels. So Joe, you were right in the beginning. There's you there's there was another dumb and dumb. it was called a like, dumb and dumber er er. Like instead of after yeah. after Dumber, I thought there
1: were several, but
0: of them. it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the same Jim Carrey and uh Jeff Daniels, so it wasn't uh-huh. really as funny. So I didn't, you know, but to me, the real ones are Dumb and Dumber and Dumb and Dumber, too. But um, in Dumb and Dumber, Two, Jeff Daniels, um, he finds out that he might have a, a kid out there, the kid's like grown up now, so he goes to find out, find his daughter, and uh, <laughs> he tries to find his parents because he needs like a donor, like the daughter needs like a donor. He needs he needs a new kidney or a liver or something like that. He needs a donation. So it has to be from a family member. And uh he goes to you find out in this movie he has a, he has adopted parents and his parents are both Asian. And he goes to their house, and uh he's like, So I need a I need a blood family member to donate me this kidney. And then you're like, You know, we're not your real parents. And they're like, the two Asian people, and then, then there's Harry sitting there with Lloyd and they and then Lloyd starts cracking up uh Lloyd Christmas Jim Carrey's character, he's like how did they, that's the type of but it's so like the humor they're so naive it's like how he didn't know that he couldn't they weren't like his real parents like well the,
1: they're dumb yes yeah, that's what it, that they're yeah, living dumb and dumber you know yeah exactly that that's that, it was funny But that's, that's funny I was step.
0: that i could watch that scene so many times because dumb and dumber two was not as good as the original um but dumb and dumber two was respectable even though there are people a lot of people had a lot to say about it and didn't really like it that much the reviews are not that high but you know the scenes like that you know where he's sitting there with his asian parents his adopted parents. and He thinks he's going to get like a freaking kidney or something like that. All then right. he finds out and you just see his reaction. Um So, but Jeff Daniels has the ability to play like these, these condescending type characters. And these guys who can really rub you the wrong way and piss you off and be very arrogant and cocky. So dumb and dumber, he plays a simple minded uh dumb guy, but it's so endearing and it's so funny. And you really love that character. Uh, but then you talked about the newsroom, Joe. Uh, I love that show. I was only, unfortunately the newsroom was only on for like two seasons or something like that. Two or three yeah, seasons. Yeah, long it, wasn't long. Um, it was a great show. I love that show. It was so well-written. Um, yeah. He plays Will McAvoy. He's an on-air talent. He kind of plays almost like a Bill O'Reilly type character. Um, this very arrogant, like, you know, big talking head on, like, this, like, news station. Um, and I think it's O'Reilly in the sense that he had some controversy. Um, he had some controversies, and, yeah, I'd deal with that during the show. But he's super talented. Um, and I remember, like he was just, you know, he was so captivating in that show, and just the old, you know, when, when you're when you're an actor and you're already a great actor and you're part of a really well-written script, um, and other great actors in it, um, it's going to make you even look even better. Uh, but Joe, did you watch the newsroom?
1: I did, and I was really disappointed when I started to realize that it's not going to be continued. I really was. Yeah, I, I enjoyed awesome. it. I enjoyed it. It was something different, you know. And he's always great, and he's great when he when he gets real serious. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a hell of an actor. Um, he's, uh, oh my I mean, so yeah, I-
0: yeah, he because the thing with him is like if I didn't know that he also played uh Harry and and, uh in uh Dumb and Dumber, and I just knew him as like his roles as serious roles and you know the, the 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 roles that he plays, I would be like, you know, that guy can't play a comic, he can't be because I'm thinking that's like Will Ferrell and obviously Jim Carrey and those type of guys. Um, right. but he did very well. Uh, like the scene in Dumb and Dumber, not to keep going over scenes in Dumb and Dumber, but remember the scene where he's in the toilet and just like shitting his brains out of the girl's house yeah. um because because i think uh i think lloyd had like put something in he put like he was he was jealous of him or something like that so he like puts it in his drink and then he goes yeah to the girl's that's house a scene he's, yeah. um, he's like you know that scene is a classic and the way he's acting it's yeah. not easy he, that, tell the tell the actor sit on a toilet and act like you're shitting your brains out all the facial expressions and everything and like he did that scene like very masterfully. If you, you know, it sounds weird that we're describing a guy shitting as like masterful scene. Well, really
1: it, we, we, it's a slippery slope. We went down the dumb and dumber slope. So you have to mention it. Yeah. And yeah, he did. He did. It was, it was absolutely funny. And that's, that's humor that uh, anybody in the family can anybody yeah, for every, that's humor. That's uh that's timeless. I mean, it yeah. was just one of those things and everyone I've ever known had seen that movie has cracked up, um, you yeah. know,
0: that it's, it really is. Cause I mean, I, I go through my favorite, like my favorite comedy movies and favorite movies that I can just watch any time. And I'm thinking like, you know, happy Gilmore with Adams, the Sandler movies, like happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, those type of movies, old school with Will Ferrell, um, wedding crashers. But you know, dumb and dumber to me is still the elite, it's still on the top of the mountain. It's still the best one, I think. Um, but anyways, other, so my top five, um, dumb and dumber is number one. I guess we'll go from one to five um some t- dumb and dumber is number one and i would say newsroom is probably number two i know that's a show but i'm, I'm going to include shows in my top five especially because he was also in another great show too that was on hulu about like 9 11 or something he played like a really serious like cia type agent guy um that was a good show too but I'm for my show i'm using the, the newsroom um then he was in a movie called the squid and the whale It's from 2005 uh he played a, a guy named bernard berkman And he was a divorced parent going through a divorce and one kid lived with him and one kid favored him and one kid favored the mom and the wife had cheated on him and he's dealing with all these things. And this, you know, this is like Brooklyn in a different time. I think I don't know what time period it was, but he was very compelling as a father. So he's able to play a goofball and Dumb and Dumber. He's able to play a a big time uh, talking head news anchor in the newsroom. Then he's able to play a divorced father in in Squid and the Whale. Um, Then he was in a movie called Looper. He played a guy named Abe, and Looper was—I mean, Bruce Willis is in that movie too. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, it's basically about a guy. Um, they want to kill some. They, they, it's like 2077, and they want to like ruin his future. They want to kill him because they, they have the ability to go back in time. So they want to kill him before he gets to a certain age. So he plays like a role in that movie where he's like helping them plan how to go about it and how, to, how to, you know—he's dealing with the Loopers. I think it's another movie I need to rewatch, but I remember him. He played a really. You know, he did really well in that. It's not always about me liking the actor and the actors, how big a role they had. It's about the quality of the movie. And I thought Looper was just a very good movie. Um, But he was in another movie called State of Play. That didn't make my top five, but that was an excellent movie too. Uh, But I guess for five, I'm going to go with The Martian with Matt Damon. Uh, Matt Damon's a great actor, but Matt Damon's like stranded on Mars and everyone thinks he's dead. Jeff Daniels is back in the earth, like in the control room. Great movie. Yeah. So – you know he's able to play he's able to, but he 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 has like a certain uh, niche like these these condescending like high level like um they have a high level job and they have to make like important decisions um and he's able to like be believable and give like these lower like associates like orders um so he's able to really play those roles really well um and he comes off as so arrogant and confident but you know what? it's he's you know he knows what he's doing like he's a believable he's a believable uh the CEO type,
1: yeah. he's, he's a ceo type of, yeah he says a ceo type absolutely
0: got that he's got that personality for these type of roles but but then again like i said the yin and the yang he's got the personality to play uh harry and dumb and dumber too yeah
1: he was in pleasantville too which i liked the movie pleasantville i think he was in he was in that too
0: i, I oh. haven't seen that i saw that a while ago that you're going back and t- i think that's like 1996 or something
1: yeah it was it, i i you know i remember enjoying the movie i remember i do know that he was in that, but it was one of these things where it's uh it was a black and white movie because they were they were spoofing uh, how how some TV shows of in, in the 60s and 70s would portray the 1950s to be this America perfect, you know, type thing. And it was a black and white movie with spots of color here and there. It's really it's really well done.
0: Yeah, I think the, it was the a premise f- is from 98 two, two 1990s teenage siblings find themselves in a 1950s sitcom. Um, yeah. Where their their influence profoundly changes the world. I like the concept. It's actually yeah. on Hulu right now. I might it's actually cool. watch that movie.
1: I haven't seen it though. Um, I remember he was in it though. I forgot. Yeah, to mention
0: Toby it. Tobey Maguire is in it. Another actor which we'll probably focus on one episode. William Macy's in that. William Macy's, that. William Macy's an excellent actor too. Hmm. Um. So yeah. I mean, oh maybe, yeah, yeah.
1: This <laughs> is.
0: Uh, I love how you had the deep, you went the deep cut with Pleasantville because Pleasantville wasn't even on my radar for Jeff Daniels. Um. So I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, he is yeah. just. Uh, you know, He's one of those – I respect anybody who drops out of college and pursues something that they're passionate about, or you, you drop your career and you pursue something you're passionate about. You're showing some balls. You're showing some courage. Uh, he could have got his, his – parents probably wanted to get his degree from Central Michigan. He's like, no, I want to be an actor, so he did that, and then yeah. his, his gamble paid off. So yeah. I like his story too, you know? Yeah. Uh, then he was in the Steve Jobs movie too, um, but then he's in another show on Showtime called American Rust, and that's a really good show. That's still airing. That's that was in that's from 2021. I think there's only been one season of that. But my point is in that this guy, he's in high level things. Um and he just does a good job whenever he's in. So he's in our wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's the actor for today, Jeff Daniels. Shout out to Jeff Daniels. Um and moving on, I guess, to another pet peeve of mine, um, Joe, that I have is uh when you when I buy hoodies, a nice new hoodie, it's all comfortable, it's nice and new. Uh, especially so better when once you, when you wash it once because you break it in and you know right. what it shrinks a little bit, what size it's going to be on you, that type of thing. Yeah. But the, the damn strings on the hoodies are always so off. Like they're too long. One's longer than the other one. And there's yeah. not a lot of ways to maneuver them to, like, to, uh, to really, like, you know, make, cause I just want the, I want the strings to be really short and hang very, you know, not to block the logo or the picture or artwork or words that are on my hoodie. Cause I just got a Foo Fighter sweatshirt. Um, it's it's an In Your Honor sweatshirt. Their 2005 album. It has you know the In Your Honor on the front it has the logo. Then the back it has all the songs, the tracks. It's a nice hoodie, um, but the strings are too long on the, on the hoodie. It's annoying the crap out of me. And I just washed it, and you know the strings are friggin' long as hell. And I'm like, what do I do? Because what do I cut these off? What do I do? Because yeah. one of my fraternity brothers in college, his name was Gordon, and he did the coolest thing. We had our we had our fraternity uh, sweatshirts, and on our hoodie. He like made it like he like cut off like the strings and he cut out like somehow he cut off like, you know, by the neck and he made it like super stylish. um. And I always thought that was cool, but that just came to my mind because I'm, you know, the pet peeve today is about the strings and the hoodies. And, you know, it really is tough to find a sweatshirt where you have, because a lot of times, even when you wash it, the string falls off completely. So you don't have those strings anymore to tighten up the hood. Not because I'm not one of those guys who puts on the hood and tightens it anyway, Right. But, you know, I like having the option and I like just having, you know, what I paid for having the strings like work and be there, but they're always too long. One's longer than the other. And it's just a, a pet peeve of mine. Do you ever have that problem with hoodies, Joe?
1: Yeah. I buy hoodies that are pretty much, uh, I think I have one that's an old school, like a throwback um tribute to the Eagles. Like it's a, like a throwback, but even then um, I don't know if the, if, if the strings are a problem there, but I've had this problem that you're referring to. I've had this problem. With I just go out and get regular hoodies, man. Like, what color? I said, navy blue. Just grab it. It's all navy blue. It's just a hoodie. And if, they, if the strings get on my nerves after a while, the string around the neck and the hood, I just take it the hell out and leave it alone. Because the number of times that I'm going to wear it and actually pull up the hood are very, very, very few. Then the number of times I'm going to wear it and pull up the hood and really reach for the string, like to really tie it up, yeah. Wow. One in a thousand. I mean, exactly. uh, it's probably so. I don't even bother. I take that damn string. The minute it starts to bug me, I take it out and leave it out. It solves yeah, that problem.
0: That's probably the, the good solution is to leave it out. But then the problem when you do that, when you pull the string out, like on some hoodies, not all of them, but there's like, it's left with like these two holes. And you see there's two holes. So they're like, so, oh, uh, there's supposed to be a string going through those holes. So
1: That's stylish, man. It's t- two holes, man. <laughs> two holes for air. Two holes for air, um, man. to Keep my yeah, neck
0: cool. <laughs> it's just one of those things. I, I was, you know, I was thinking today. I was like, I don't know if we haven't done a pet peeve in a couple episodes, and I'm like, this is. I put on my Foo. I have my Foo Fighters sweatshirt on right now. They're, you know, they're a great band. One of my I favorite bands for sure. Yeah. A band that I still haven't seen live, which I plan on seeing because Dave Grohl is a man. He is a legend. He's he's perfected his craft. He was a drummer for Nirvana. Now he's the lead frontman for Foo Fighters, two of the best bands in history. And I've heard him interviewed in Howard Stern a couple times by himself, and also with the Foo Fighters. He's an impressive guy. Um, and he has a book that I'm I'm probably going to try to read at some point. So he's just an awesome guy. Um, but anyway, I digress. But th- the whole point is I'm wearing the Foo Fighters hoodie and the friggin' string. Uh, the strings are annoying me. So that's that. <laughs> no problem. And then we're going to do a, a quick Snapple fact today. Um, so the Snapple fact today is number 1012, 1012. The King of Hearts is the only king without a mustache. Because um, I play a lot of Texas Hold'em poker. No Limit Hold'em, N-L-H-E. Um, and, you know, I don't even notice this stuff a lot of times. A lot of times I'm playing with digital cards and I'm not really looking at them closely unless I'm at a casino, you know, then I'll like look, even when I'm at the casino, I'm not paying attention to the cards, you know. But growing up, everyone played with cards. They played poker, they played go fish. They played this game called war. When you just, you know, you have a, you each have a stack of cards and you, whatever card is higher. If your card's higher, if you have a king and they have like a seven, you know, you, you know, you take their seven, you take the card. The winner is the person eventually who has all the cards. It's called war. It's really actually a cool game. But um, anyway, I digress. The King of Hearts is the only king without a mustache. I didn't know that. And the reason for that is because most standard English playing cards, um, they were originally French models produced in the 16th century. Um, and for the purpose of mass production, they were printed using wood blocks. And as they were using the woodblocks to print these cards, disfiguring occurred over centuries because there's unskilled block makers. Uh, they distorted the original designs, so a lot of things like the hands, the symbols of office, and other attributes lost their meaning. Uh, a lot of distortions took effect. So I guess the king, of, the poor king of hearts, lost his damn mustache. Uh, so that's kind of sad. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, well, you know what? The clean shaven should be represented as well.
0: So I mean, I, I, think I have facial, I have facial hair. You have facial hair. You know, I, right now I think you know real men official. I'm just, I'm joking. Not re- everyone can have whatever they want to do, but exactly. You know, yeah, I mean, you, you make you're 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 doing the glass half full. You know, the blockmakers didn't do their job good enough, and they didn't have the technology to do their job good enough. Therefore, the the mustache was gone on the King of Hearts. But you're saying, yeah, represent clean shaven men. You know, I you know I could I could vibe with that.
1: Oh, well, well, no, yeah. Do you want us to start dressing like those jokers from three or four hundred years ago from France? It look like if you walk those down, those guys down the street today, it will look like a, a mummers parade or something. Come on. So, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, just one of those things that, yeah, OK, I don't look like some of those guys from France. Um, That's good. <laughs> I don't know. From France a couple hundred years ago. You know, uh, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily want to look like them. I'm just I look, this is all tongue in cheek. But what I will say is. It's good that they don't. All, all, you know that. What message does that send? That to be a king, you have to have a mustache. Yikes! I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> you know, what I mean, they should at least put a goatee on anyway. Not just the sole mustache. Anyway, uh, times uh, ca- change. I, like, I
0: like the the must. Some guys some guys can get away with just having a mustache, and they you know just the mustache is a cool look for them. But then there's other guys. They grow these like weak ass mustaches and it's like, What are you doing? It looks like you got shit on your lip, you know? <laughs> right, right. But I right. respect the guy who goes all out with the mustache. They have the little curls on the side, you know. There's some baseball pitchers like old you know, with that, you know, it's like a cool look. You know, when you see the athletes have it, like, oh that guy's got a cool mustache. But
1: yeah, yeah. I I I was always uh I was always able to to grow one back in the day and uh, I would just grow it like a Tom Selleck must. That's what I would just grow, but it, I would let it get, let it get a little thick. I mean, if I'm going to wear it, I want it to, you know, I want it to be a little thick. I want it to be, you know, you know, mean something, but.
0: Uh, yeah. I guess that goes into our next uh, topic. The the article, I the current event I'm, I'm focusing on today, uh, it's called As Applications Fall, Police Departments Law Recruits with Bonuses and Attention. It's about the, the police departments all over the country. And ever since the George Floyd thing, they've had trouble uh recruiting new officers and they've lost a ton of officers a lot of them retired a lot of them chose other careers people don't want to be police officers it's a, it's a very crazy environment we're living in where police, police officers unfortunately are looked at the as the enemy because of a couple bad apples whereas like 98 are probably good and there's a two percent or a bad like you always say um but it you know it's a good transition from what we just talked about because some a lot of police departments have a no facial hair policy like the new york yankees have that too um, but I think the Yankees allow mustaches or something, but you know, anyway, uh, but a lot of police officers, um, they're not allowed to have facial hair. So what a lot of these, uh, precincts are doing it all over the country. Um, they're saying, yeah, you can have facial hair. Yeah. You can have tattoos. You can have all, you know, cause they want people to to, to be police officers. So they're, they're able to attract candidates, which they, they may not have been able to attract in the past. Um, one thing that they're doing, um, was, you know, like I said, there's been an exodus of disgruntled office officers um they're having like signing days like you know when a recruit for college football or basketball has a signing day he puts the hats in front of them and he chooses the hat he puts that on that's the school that he's going to yeah they're having that for the officers and they make it a big thing on social media like these are our new officers who we just signed they're joining our department and they're giving these officers tons of bonuses like they're giving them like thirty thousand dollar bonuses just to be a police officer um not just to be a police officer because that's one of the most dangerous and you know hard jobs in the world. But the yeah. point is they're giving them like 30 grand off, off the from the beginning and then they're increasing their salary. And the, the new officers are making almost as much as the tenured officers because they're really, because we need police officers, right? We can't just have like social because what people are trying to do also, they're trying to they're trying to have like for mentally when they're dealing with like mentally ill like criminals or whatever um, who are on the streets, they're sending in like social workers instead of police officers to deal with them to talk them down and figure you know try to get them to like not commit the crime or, you know, be peaceful and get them and get to them some help. So there's all these different like uh, re- police reforms people are doing too. But at the end of the day, you still need real cops with guns and weapons to protect people. Cause we, we like to feel protected um, because, you know, yeah. there's public safety, like the ACLU wants public safety programs that do not involve policing, but I really don't know how that's going to, going to work. Cause you have to have real courage to be a police officer. You gotta be a tough person. Um, and, you know, the idea of just having a public safety officer, because, you know, I went to, I went to school, you know, I know public safety officers. Those guys are not like real cops. And I don't know a lot about them because they never really have to prove themselves because there's not a lot of stuff going on in college campuses. But, um, you know, I like, I like knowing that there's real police officers protecting me. Um, but it's, it's kind of interesting. They're finding more success with middle age applicants looking for a career change so a lot of times it's these young guys and you know people out of the military and things like that, and they want to, or people want to be cops their whole lives, uh, but now people are changing careers they see opportunities to make some good money, and to have a you know a, a job you can take a lot of pride in. Yes, it's very dangerous. Yes, it's very stressful. Yes, the divorce rate is high for police officers because they live a very stressful life. It's like being in the military. You're going to have some PTSD and some things that happen. You have to be really tough minded and thick skinned.
1: I was um, close to doing it. What well, back to, back in the day. I was, really? So
0: what, yeah. what were you, what was your thinking when that happened? Like when you, <clears throat> why did you want to be a, a cop? I wanted to
1: be a cop because, uh, it was, it it was, it was congruent with my, my personality. I got, I'm, I've always been a physical guy and I've had a little bit of an edge and, and, um, you know, uh, it, it looked like something that I wanted to do. I like the uniform too. I like, I would, w- you know, I like, I like visualizing myself in a uniform and being, being proud to be an officer and being a good officer to protect and to serve and to do the right thing. Uh, but there were, um, there were things that, there were things that dissuaded me from it. I had a couple family members kind of lean me against it too, but it was just one of those things where, um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a horrific car accident. And you're the first, I talked to some people too in the, in the, in the line of work too. They said, you know, they're I'm not going to kid you. They said, you know, you're, you get a bad car accident. You're, you're the first one on the scene and God knows what, what you can run into and that kind of stuff will get me because, um, you know, it's, it's just, you know, um, that kind of stuff. I'm an emotional guy and it's just that kind of stuff would get me. And when you start seeing it all the time, um, I think it would have really um, had some real bad ramifications on me psychologically. I really do. I I, I almost can almost guarantee it. Um, and not to get graphic, but you're talking about decapitations. You're talking about things like that, that that happen in some of these bad car accidents. And you are the first one there. Then some some joker and a wife beater that's 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 it's drunk out and he's doing PCP and he's tearing up the place his wife calls the cops and you're the first one there you know and look I'm not going to shy don't shy away from too much but do you really want to go be the first one there to be you know I'm I'm trying to say
0: uh, if you're not 100% committed and you don't see yourself doing it and you have these reservations and yeah you've made the right decision yes I I agree with everything you're saying
1: that's why I didn't but that's why and I do I, I, I respect I really do respect those who do Uh, i don't like any crooked cops i don't like any bad cops i don't like any cops that put their knee and choke a guy out just for the sheer hell of it because it didn't need to be done that way it didn't need to be done that way and we know we all know what the hell happened okay and i don't know i don't i don't need the the dude that's that's the seventh and eighth grade and and he's a hand you know these these and i'm not going to use any words i should but the the guy that was always picked on in high school and now he's going to get his revenge you know these kind of jokers sometimes show up too uh but for the most part we have damn good cops everywhere and we like you said we need more and the first thing you say when something is is when the shit hits the fan is call the police oh but now what are you gonna say call the I don't know, call the hook. Um, call I I don't I don't know. So this whole thing a couple of years ago with the defund the police and do this and do that, that was idiotic. It was asinine and it was just it's some a, a few it, bad it, apples. Right. It was just a few like like absolute I'm sure, um, I'm sure every department lunatic fringe. Least, yeah, it was a sure, lunatic every, fringe.
0: Yeah. Every department probably has at least one bad apple. Um and unfortunately <laughs> these bad apples can really cause chaos and bad reputations for everybody. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And as it's more than just one every once in a while. Let's, let's, let's get real about that too. But um, sometimes they stu-
0: Well, if they're, you know, there's all different things. If they're crooked, if they're like, you know, if they go bust a drug thing and then they're keeping some of the drugs or keeping some of the cash, that's right. the norm, most normal type of crooked. But then there's, then there's this deranged and depraved where. You know they're they're you know they're choking people with their their knee and they can't breathe and things like that. That's right. a different level of you know corruption.
1: Right, that's a bad like yeah. To, to, and that's the guy that you first want to get out. And you want to get out the guy that's on the take and doing this and doing that. But you want to get that guy that's you know you you want to get that. I I just um I just can't get over watching that thing in Minnesota a couple of years ago. And I know the dude, I know, look, even if he was on something, which he probably could have, he was on something and he was a handful. He was a big boy, but you got four of you jokers standing around. And from what I was sitting there watching, we were all watching, dude, you had him down. You could have, you could have, he was begging you. You could have taken your knee off his neck and said, look, I'm going to put my knee back on if you don't do what I, if you, if you jump up or you do, I'm going to put my knee back on, even though no, you, I, I would say that I, I, you know, I wouldn't even do it, but I would say that just to, no, no, no. Cause he was, the man just wanted, he he was done. Uh, and then you had two or three other guys there that could have just, I mean, you could have literally just sat on his back. He's not getting up, dude. And you had him handcuffed. There was no need for that. And I just, I, I the, the only, the only thing happened in there was that. what well, one it.
0: That yeah, one. Let me just it.
1: finish this yeah. sentence. That one Joker that choked him out. The guy was a jerk off. Derek he was. Derek he Shelby. was. He was a jerk off, yeah, and he he's still in prison, is,
0: right? I think he's pretty sure yeah. he's
1: in prison. I mean, come on, there. There's notes. There, there's really nothing to, else to say about that guy. And the other cops around him, they were thinking, "Geez, he's been on the force longer than I have. If I go against him here, I'll, I'm going to hear about it." Now, oh, they get that, but they still should have done it. They still should have said, "Whoa, you know, come on." So it is what it is, but go ahead.
0: Yeah. um, So, yeah, it's one of those things where like these uh, these jerk offs, sorry for the language here, but can cause uh, reputations because like there could be the great police officers are real heroes. They're real life heroes. And for people, the whole country, you know, the political narrative to be let's get rid of uh, the police officers, let's defund them. And, you know, all these situations come up throughout the day and you have emergencies. It's like, who do you call? Well, you got to call the police. So. That's not the right solution to get rid of them. Uh, maybe defunding, defunding them, and looking at the numbers very closely and seeing what else you could uh, earmark those funds for. Maybe something like that. But don't overhaul complete police departments and replace them. Uh, but I like the things that this is a New York Times article. And they always, New York Times always gives a lot. Of, I know a lot of people think New York Times is super liberal, and they don't read the New York Times because they're this and they're that. But if you actually read their articles, especially the non-political ones they have quite a bit of substance and quite a bit of information built into those articles. And you know, you walk away learning a lot. You know, I take notes in these New York times articles, like it's my schoolwork. Cause it's just, I think it's just generally making me a smarter person and I'm learning more. I'm able to you know, contribute more to the world with my knowledge. So I like that, but this article talks about things like, um, some departments are approving a $7,000 retention payment for officers to stay in the force. So if, before they leave, they're like, don't leave yet. We'll give you $7,000 to stay. You know, we'll give you this money this year. Then maybe next year, we'll give you some more, um, but you know, they're also doing things like there's a lot in the past. Uh, people who wanted to be police officers. Police officers, if they had marijuana offenses or if they had low credit scores, they were automatically rejected from applying for the police force. So now those people, the the marijuana uh, convictions, the small marijuana convictions in the past, uh, the low credit scores, these these people who you know were cast off, they couldn't even they weren't good enough to be cops. Now they're 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 able to be cops. So I think this is almost like a blessing in a weird way that. There could be great potential police officers out there. And just because they had like a thing in the past where they got busted with weed, you know, they, now they can't be a cop. That's crazy because, you know, weed's legal for most of the country now. Um, but, or a low credit score, you know, because people get in tough situations in life and their credit gets a little bit messed up, you know, they can't yeah. keep, keep up with the bills. So I'm happy that more it's more diverse and we'll have better better quality police officers and people who learn from, you know, because a police officer, the idea of a police officer having been arrested in the past and learning from it and reforming himself or herself um, and then being able to be a cop and know what it's like to, on the other side of the law, having been a criminal in the past, quote unquote, I think it's going to be great things for the police force, having these people with real experiences and knowing, you know, what how the police, how did they treat them when they got arrested? How was the court system with it? How's the justice, justice system? Um, and I think there's going to be better quality uh, police officers, but the thing that i'm i'm nervous about is a lot of police officers are seeing greener grass on the other side. They're leaving big cities like New York City where it's more dangerous to go to these small towns. The, the towns are really attracting them cuz the towns are paying them a lot of money. Similar pay to what New York City NYPD officers uh make. So there's a lot of uh, you know, competition's always good. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, this article really was cool and um it, you know, It was, you know, they're trying, they're they're trying to really just uh, reform and revive the police force and the reputation in the country. Cause I want everyone to respect the police officers. I don't want people to think that they're out to get them. Like I know black people think like the police officers, if they get in a situation and they're pulled over, they get super nervous and they potentially be shot for not doing anything. They could put their hands on the wheel and say, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Just do what you get, you know, that type of thing. But then next thing you know, they're getting shot anyway. It's very scary. So police officers can be scary to certain people um and it shouldn't be that way and i i really empathize with those people but the police are important and they're a very uh, important facet of society and, and they should always be everywhere their presence should be felt everywhere especially if you want to feel safe and that's just my opinion you know
1: i i happen to agree with it i just think um you know i i just get I tired of seeing on tv some of these these things that go wrong um a lot of times these guys are And they should
0: um, own just before you say that one things that go wrong they should always keep their. The police officer should always keep their body cam on. Never turn it off because a lot of times, they'll turn the, the body cam will be accidentally, magically turned off, and then you can't see what the hell happened. So they need, they need the body cams to work.
1: Yeah, you wonder when it's conveniently turned off. What, how did that happen? You know. Um, but um, you look, the police have to do a better job. But also the people being pulled over, whatever the color, creed, religion. I don't give a goddamn. Okay, whoever you are, if you get pulled over, you got to go in Stephen A. Smith is is an african-american you know who he is some people may not our listeners may mm-hmm. not all be sports fans but he he he's an african-american uh sports commentator on tv and he used to be a writer he's a writer in philly for like 12 years uh but he he told his son because this is in the african-american african-american community that's what they do the fathers and mothers sit down with the sons and they say look here's a rule book when you're pulled over you do this and you do this because yes. they want to keep their kids it's safe and unfortunately they have to have
0: different different uh rules when they get pulled over as opposed to like white people, for example, it's very sad, but it makes sense. Cause like, you know, they don't know what the hell is going to happen. Who is this officer?
1: Right. So here, here's the thing. Um, you may not want to do it. If I, if I get pulled over, I, I remember getting pulled over and I was, was about maybe, I don't know, 25 or so. Uh, and I got pulled over and I was thinking, you know, if this, if, <laughs> I was 25, you know, when I was 25, I still, I was, I was more like 18, but I said, you know, if he really pisses me off, you know, I'm, I'm going to get into it with him. I don't give a god. <laughs> and I'm, but I really afterwards I thought, Joey, oh, come on, you're just be, You know, but I, I thought it doesn't. You know, now if I'd have gotten into it with him, even though I'm, a, I'm a, I am unarmed, he would have had the right to pull his gun and shoot because he could have said, well, he was reaching for my gun even though I wasn't. And first of all, here's the thing. Then I digress. My, my point is this: I didn't do those things, and I cooperated. Stephen A. Smith's rule to his son is it's it's a uh, comply now complain later right so son if you're pulled over comply comply now complain later don't complain on the spot with this cop because you're not going to win that comply if he says get out and stand on one leg you get out and stand on one leg. you comply now son and then you complain later and i like that and that is but so many times we could put like i just told you a story i was 25 years and i got pulled over and i'm saying these things to myself that i'm this is really pissing me off and he's not even at the car yet you know i just just the fact that i was pulled over uh but i thank god i was able to keep my head and like be you know whatever be you know talk myself out of being doing something silly like that. But, and a lot of times these guys are getting pulled over and they're trying to run away because they're afraid of going back to jail because they're on parole or something like that. And they may have this or may have that. And so that a lot of times you have that too, but we need a better job from the police certainly. And we need a better job of whoever's getting pulled over black, white, green, red. I don't give a damn. You get pulled over. And for that five minutes or so, you acquiesce you give this cop exactly what he wants you call him sir you do everything by the book
0: even if you do And you want can drive to, away and call him whatever you want because it, it's it's really like you might hate the cops you might be very scared and just aggressive and thinking but you know comply complain later is a cool thing to to know and learn because you don't know who you're dealing with you know um, and the cop have the cops have power over you. They're they're really the authority in a lot of these situations.
1: Right. So for uh, that moment no
0: one you no it. one should feel scared, but you know, like if you're pulled over, you know you might have been doing something wrong. So you're automatically kind of nervous and you're not in the right state of mind to deal with pretty much a lot of people because you're like scared. Um
1: and pissed off sometimes too. Like, yeah, what the so F are you pulling so just, me over I, for?
0: I agree. Just, just nod your head, do what they tell you to yeah. do, and then you know, if they start mistreating you, hopefully you don't get killed and hurt. Then it's an issue later where you're like, okay, now we gotta sue these people, you know.
1: And you know what, Sean? It, and it starts with when you that person walks up to the window, it starts with not being a smart ass. And that's was, was the first thing I was gonna do, but I didn't. Because I remember, I remember this clearly. Uh, but I didn't. Okay. And uh and I, I haven't. I've been pulled over maybe a half a dozen times in my life. But to pull over, you be oh, no, sir, yes, sir, no problem. Oh, I need I need to see this or that. Okay, I have and I'll say this it's right over here in my glove box. I'm, I can reach, I can go, you know, I don't, I, cause yeah. and listen. So what I'm saying is be polite, be very careful. Don't make any moves until you ask special permission. I, and that's what I do. So everybody should do that. What I don't do is sit here saying, you know, what the F are you pulling me over for? I'm about start getting into this with him like he's like some guy on the corner because he's not for that five minutes. And he may be, a, yeah, he, look, he may be a Yank or whatever. I don't know if the way, he may be one of those guys in seventh and eighth grade got picked on it through high school. And now he wants to be, he might be a real Barney Fife for all night. I know, but if he's pulling you over for that five minutes, you got to acquiesce yeah. and that's what it is. Yeah. Period.
0: Appreciate your insights and, uh, some some anecdotes there for sure because this no article really you know because that's a sensitive subject you know people are like don't talk about the police and don't don't even say publicly that you support the police it's like wait I can't publicly say I support the police where I know that they've saved people I know's lives in the past and been there when when we needed them the most and these are like heroes walking heroes and um don't you know, say that you I'm support like, you the
1: know, bl- yeah it's like like i told you look man we're not we're not a political show here in this and that and really there no, is no political there is no political, political party though. there's it no political, political party though. that wants to see the police be defunded or anything there's a uh there's a lunatic fringe of one of the parties that wants that okay so they're that, okay it's okay there's a lunatic fringe of a, the other party that wants to um you know wants to go back into the uh you know 1850s in, in some way so i mean look you get these lunatic fringes on either side we're not talking about them let that them go out okay so neither political party wants to see the police be abolished okay that's mm-hmm. that's insane when I mean, you're right we do need to study why we're losing people and really it's a it's a tough ass job it's a tough ass job uh physically in some way some look you're gonna have 70 to 80 percent of your time where you're riding around doing nothing but that 20 percent, oh man oh katie bar the door yep, yep. And there's a lot going on. It could be like I was just telling you that would have killed me. Those kind of things would have killed me emotionally. I, I couldn't have been the depression and everything that probably would have. And then, um, you know, sticking your nose into some of these domestic disputes and things like that. You're the first winner. God knows what you're going to be called on. And you got to, you, you got to be the dude. Cause now okay. you pull up in your car and your uniform. You got to be the
0: dude. Did you, you ever, did you ever watch the show cops back in the day?
1: Yeah. What you're going to do.
0: Because I think they the show cops, as people are saying the show cops shouldn't be on anymore. Or something like that. They're getting, you know, but I always found the show cops very entertaining. You're getting a little insight because I know it wasn't a lot of serious disputes and stuff there, but you know, you're getting insight from <laughs> yeah. all over the country. Of what's going on in some of these police departments, especially at nighttime. And yeah. uh, you guys, you know, look at some of these guys deal with, you know what I mean? So
1: you, you and, you're you not lying, my friend. So you got to so cooperate guess, uh, with
0: them. On to too. a later to topic. We'll move on to sports. Uh, I'm going to start off with my bad gambling beat. wasn't really a bad gambling beat. I just threw a bet on the Cowboys-Eagles game um, for for Miles Sanders to score a touchdown, CeeDee Lamb to score a touchdown, and Tony Pollard to score a touchdown. Um, The bad beat was, I mean, CeeDee Lamb scored two touchdowns, but the bad beat was Pollard was, you know, he was near the goal line. The Cowboys took him out and let Zeke run like three or four times to get in the end zone, where Zeke just basically walks in. Um, So Zeke pretty much just kind of... uh, what's the, uh, he vultured, he vultured, uh, Pollard's touchdown because Pollard could have gotten the end zone too. So that's what I, I'm kind of getting annoyed at Ezekiel Elliott. Um, cause he's just taking all these like garbage touchdowns from, from Pollard, whereas Pollard's doing most of the work to get to the goal line, but I digress. So, so Pollard got screwed the goal line a couple of times, but also, um, uh, Miles Sanders for some reason, cause they have Kenneth Gainwell, they have Boston Scott. But for some reason at the goal line, I don't want the Eagles to score, but I'm like, if they do score, let it be Miles Sanders. And for some reason, they took Miles Sanders out of the goal and they ran Kenneth Gainwell like three or four times the goal line, like <laughs> especially at the beginning of the game. I'm like, what the hell? Why are they running Gainwell? So that's my bad gambling beat. But uh, we'll talk about the game in a little bit. I wanted to bring up a, a quote that I saw, which I really liked. There's a really, you know, the Hall of Fame pitcher. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Justin Verlander. Now he's in the Mets. But he just had a quote. Um, people really think baseball is boring. They're like, oh, baseball is so boring. I can't watch it. He had a quote. If you think baseball is boring, you need to learn more. There is always something happening every second of every play. Learn the game and watch again. Um, and he's right. It could be about any sport you don't have respect for. You think it's boring. If you really pay attention, there's a lot going on. So with baseball, it might seem boring to like some people. are like, oh, it's just boring. I had to wait like 30 seconds between each pitch and this and that. Um, but no, there's a ton going on. Sign stealing. The pitcher has to watch if a guy steals a base, especially it gets really exciting. Once a guy gets on base, the pitcher has anxiety. The pitcher not only has to pitch, but has to worry about the joker on the base. Um, but there's always little things that go into it, like pitch selection, um, pitching changes when the manager comes. I like, the thing I like about baseball during the game, literally you see the manager come out and talk to their pitcher and psychologically pump them up or decide to take them out. They're making all these intuitive snap decisions you know, to help their team win. So baseball is not boring, and I'm glad Justin Verlander had this quote.
1: Yeah, I, I like it too. There's uh, you have to sort of read you know, read between the lines that uh, um, if if you go to a ball game, yeah, it, you know, if you go to a ball game and, and you if you count up how often the ball is actually in play as opposed to how much time you spend there, yeah. But take a look and appreciate all the things in between. See what this guy's doing. See what that guy's doing. Watch the coach run out of the dugout and tell the center fielder, wave him over a little bit. Now he moves over to the left center field based on information that he has about a hitter, not only about the hitter, but about what type of pitch they plan on throwing him and so forth. The little the little mind games, the little games within the game is what he's saying. There's little – the game within the game. So if you learn more, you're going to study the game. You can learn more about what's going on within the game. So.
0: And we're yeah. going to talk about the Eagles Cowboys in a second, but did you watch any of that Sixers Knicks game?
1: I watched the second half, most of the second half.
0: Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So it's a story. of The next season, um, they're playing well, and then they just re- all of a sudden you look like if you're, you you go to the bathroom or you go talk to somebody do whatever you're doing, and you come back like five ten minutes later to continue the game, they're down by like double digits. You're like, what happened? <laughs> this is just, you know, we won eight straight, then we lost to the Raptors. Then we beat the Bulls. Then we just lost to the Sixers. No, we, we lost to the Bulls too. Never mind. We lost, we lost to the Bulls. We, we were supposed to win. Here is my frustration with the Knicks. They're supposed to beat the Bulls. There's six seconds left, and Jalen Brunson is a help, you know he comes from Villanova. and Villanova's every year. Villanova's usually the number one free throw shooting team in the country. So he knows you know how to have this composure and how to get those free throws. We're up by one point in Jalen Brunson. This is the Bulls game, not the Sixers game. He goes to the line, and he misses two straight free throws, and then the Bulls go down the court, and then they win the game. It's like you know. All you have to do is hit the free throws, and the worst thing that would have happened is they would have hit a three to tie. But I'm a guy who, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate in basketball. If a team is down by three and they need a three-pointer to tie, just foul the guy because all they can get is two free throws at the most. Foul the guy. Don't foul him while he's shooting the three, but foul him before he gets a chance to get a shot off, and then just you do have to deal with that. But that's my that's my personal philosophy on that. But anyway, the Knicks are frustrating. The first half, you know, they were in the game versus Sixers. It was a good first half, and then the second half, you just got out of hand, and ended up just... It was the, really the fourth quarter is when it got out of hand. They friggin' just blew it. But um did you see anything that you liked from the Sixers? And by the way, Enough. they've won they've won eight straight. So they were twelve and twelve. Now they're like twenty and twelve. So yo, know, your Sixers to you keep an eye on them because they're playing pretty well.
1: Thank you. They're starting to pick it up. And I would normally say, well, they beat the, the Knicks. At the, they beat the Knicks, who, who have been proven to be in the last it was, you it know, was month in or New so. York. It
0: was in New York yeah. on Christmas.
1: It was in New York on Christmas, and they came back from behind. It's like they said, look, let's LFG. Let's go. Let's get this thing going. And they did. And that's the mark of a, of, a, of a damn good team. The only problem is they don't give trophies out for being a damn good team. You know, they were a damn good team last year. they were a damn good team the year before, you know, and one year, a couple of years ago, they went to a game seven and that took that hail Mary full of grace. And, and our father with it for that, that shot to go from Leonard in the corner that bounced three times off the rim and went in. Um Because if that, if that doesn't go that game, goes to overtime and who knows? I, but, and if they go on to win that series, that was a game seven, right? Uh, if they win that, they they win the world's championship because they, they win against the um, the Warriors and the wor- Warriors fell apart. That's how the Raptors were able to win. The Warriors just fell apart. I mean, they were injured. There's I think injuries. St- injuries yeah. Steph injuries. went down, in the yeah. So I mean, it was at that point, it was like, wow, we're here, and oh, he's injured, and then he's injured. Oh, this is a wrap. We're here. So uh, that would have been the Sixers. It could they were that close, but. They got to get it together one of these days. They got to get over. Uh, they got to get over the hump and and really, I, if I were betting, man, I'd say they're not going to do it this year. Not unless, you know, after maybe January, February, or maybe even March, they make a big. I'd do it earlier, like in January, February, make a big deal. Get something that you you're not championship caliber yet. They're a damn good team. They're not championship caliber yet, uh, but they're almost there. Now, I think, what are they going to do? They're going to be content with being just a damn good basketball team they never want a ring so if, they, if that's what they're going to do that's what they're going to do yeah,
0: because they're doing all this without one of their best players maxi
1: maxi is i mean he is special he really is special so we'll see we'll see what happens and you know maybe maybe i'm not seeing something because i must say that the harden that they have now is way better than the harden that showed up here last when spring james
0: harden tries he's phenomenal yes if, if, he, puts, if he puts if he puts like just not even a hundred percent. If he puts like just like eighty five percent, he's better than like most players in the league. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, and he's still got it. He's not over the hill yet. He lost the weight, which is a good sign, and he's starting to produce now. They get Maxi back and see what they have. Um, you know, they still got the they, to get out of the East. They're going to have a hell of a time getting out of the East. You got the you got the Bucks and the Celtics, man. I mean, you know, you've got some real. Killers yeah, that you got to get played,
0: past. They played yesterday, and the Celtics beat beat the Bucks by twenty one points. You know, and if those teams are playing, and you know, they're like two top teams, and the Celtics are beating the Bucks by twenty one. The Bucks are considered to be one of the favorites too it just shows you that these teams are on a different level at times, you know?
1: Yeah. I think for the first time that you could say, whoever comes out of the East is going to have to leg up in the, in the whole thing, which for yeah. the, for the long time, it was the other way around. So um, that's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing to see and that the West was, is starting I was, to get watered
0: of Christmas. I was surprised um, that the Warriors, the Warriors beat the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are like the hottest team in the West. I think, you know, they've, they've been playing pretty well. They got Jod mm. playing. Everyone's, everyone's playing pretty much. Um, mm. They lost by 14 to the Warriors. Uh, last night, and the Warriors don't even have Steph Curry. So, you know, basketball is a crazy game. But one thing I'll say, you know, the Warriors have Dante DiVincenzo, the Villanova 2018 Final Four hero championship game versus Michigan. He scored over 30 points. I was at the game, but I'm happy whenever he's healthy, he does contribute and he fits into the Warrior system very well. So I'm proud of him. But, you know, there's players like Jordan Poole on the Warriors that guy's probably going to get a big contract next year, but he scored 32 versus the Grizzlies last night. Clay Thompson, he was, you know, he, he's still recovering from his injury because he had a very serious injury. It takes a while to recover from that, the Achilles. Um, he had 24 points, but then they got contributions from a guy named Ty Jerome who won a title with Virginia. Um, so they had a nice mix uh, yesterday versus the Warriors, but, you know, I don't think they could win without Steph, but it is impressive that they're still able to beat uh, the Warrior, uh, the Grizzlies on prime time on Christmas without Steph. So commendable for them. But I think the real thing we want to talk about today, the real important topic between <laughs> me and you is Cowboys.
1: <laughs> I knew this so was quick,
0: coming. quickly. <laughs> Very why quickly. did the Eagles lose?
1: Okay. The, the Eagles lost. Okay. Well, for, here it is quickly. They had their backup quarterback in there. A, B is <clears throat> they gave the ball away four times. They don't normally do that. C, defensively. They lost one of the key slot cover guys in the league, Maddox. They lost him early, hence the uh, the, the touchdown to a lamb the, in the slot there. Was, who
0: was covering uh, T.Y. Hilton on it? T.Y. Hill's first catch as a Cowboy was a 53-yard bomb from Dak. Who right. was covering him on that?
1: It would have been Maddox who would have slapped that ball down like a bad jump shot, but it was his replacement. I forget his name. is uh, uh, uh can't remember his name. His replacement is... uh. We also have a little, a little stubby running back with the same last name as this guy. Um, can't remember. It's the same last name. Anyway, that just tells you it's just
0: a Scott Scott. His
1: last name is Scott. I don't know what his first name is. He shouldn't be on the field. Um, And I think what they have to do is they have to look at that. Now, what they're getting back, they're getting back, Sean. They've had a D-back out for uh, about a month now with a lacerated kidney. Um, Gardner Johnson, he is exceptional. He had uh, five five interceptions in the first six or seven games. He had five picks. He's really good. He could do a lot of things for them. So what he's going to have to do is step in in that slot role. But he's so good and so talented and such a tough ass. He's really good ball player. He's gonna he's gonna solidify that a little bit for them. So they're going to need that because if they don't have that, the middle of the field was open for Dak all day yesterday. It Was just just, just a joke. So um, uh, backup quarterback turnovers on, uh, on atypical um, defensive lapses. Okay, uh, that yeah, they, they don't they normally really do. Like, like That's the the why they lost. And
0: I, Cowboys and I, can move, can move the ball at will during that game
1: during that game they could they couldn't run it they took the runaway they did they, they took the run away but then they started throwing it which aty- that's very atypical for the defense for eagles defense to, to give that up but when you're losing that guy in the middle and we've we've been without garner johnson for a month now I mean, Darius Slay is still a good football player. People are trying to maybe, what, what did he do on that play? What he did oh, he was, on that he play?
0: Was on the, he was good. He was good in the Lions. I don't know. Has he done a lot in the Eagles?
1: Yeah, he's he's been very good. He's okay. been shut down. Okay. He's been he, he's been shut down. Um, but that in that play, he he took the guy for so long and then he laid off him because that's they went to his own defense and he was turning it over to the next guy and the next guy would have been Maddox, but it was this Scott guy replacing Maddox and he got over there too late. But they gave up a third and thirty earlier in the game. <laughs> it, was it was a hell of a play. It, 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 it was it, he, look. The guy made a good. He was a good throw and a good catch. Yes, but the, you know as well as I do. Defensively, they should. Have, I mean, they should have never been able to complete that. Um, and then there was a play earlier. There was a play earlier. I don't know if it was a third down or a fourth down. But our guy had Dak by the by the waist by the waistline by the belt line, and our guy was on the ground. He's trying oh, to pull that, him down. He,
0: Dak threw a threw a first down pass. Yes, it, it was, it was all over. It, yeah, it
1: was all over. I think because I think that was a fourth down. It yeah. was like it was like on your side of midfield. It was like oh my God, we're going to get the so, ball here going again. And
0: it wasn't the receiver. The receiver was like wide open open too.
1: I forget what it was, but it was like if he just if he just drops him there, it's over. It's right. that's over and, and it changes the course of the whole game. I think the whole game changed on that one long play, but on that other play too. And the Eagles had a seven point late a couple of times in this game. I, mean, I, thought, I thought gave it, it was away. Over. They gave it yeah.
0: away. I thought it was over early. Like once Dak threw that pick six in the beginning of the game where we literally threw it right to your defensive line. <laughs> I was like What the, this game is over. Then, uh, you know, then we recovered, but that was like, that's just another Dak bonehead mistake. He needs Dak needs to get rid of those mistakes. Please get a sports psychologist for Dak and just, you know.
1: Yeah. So we give the ball away four times and then on defense, we strip sack it
0: and we can't land on the damn thing.
1: We strip sack it and we couldn't land on it. It was right there again was a chance. And you know what? All this being said, it was like the Washington game again. If you fumble it four times, if you let them get a fluke play here, if you let them get the And you know what? It was like the Washington game all over again. If you remember, I said to you last week, I said to you, I said, this is the way I think the game's going to go. I said, but barring any crazy turnovers or, you know, weird stuff happening, this was nothing but crazy turnovers and weird stuff happening. So I'm not saying that, you know, at the end of the day, all that being said, with our backup quarterback, we had like a chance at your 22-yard line to win the game yesterday. After all that stuff that we did wrong with our backup quarterback, we still had a chance you to win call, that damn game, game. So I actually – I don't like the loss, Sean, but I still feel pretty damn good because we're not can't going can't to call give call the Mitchell ball away like that backup. anymore. Go ahead. I
0: can't call you a backup he's not a backup. He's a backup. The guy was – you know, he's, he's good enough to be a starter. No, he's not. Why, though?
1: Because he's not good enough to be a starter. He threw for
0: 355 <laughs> yards versus the because Cowboys you know in why first do. game. But 355 yards versus the Cowboys where he's been in the bench all season, two touchdowns, um, 24 we, for 40. I mean, there
1: are that's, a couple that's, other that's things. pretty good. There are a couple of things going on, too. He doesn't get the ball down the field like Jalen does. Jalen has become, no, he he has become you're comparing one of the best. Compare,
0: don't compare him to Jalen, though. Just like. You i don't think, think he's, he's i don't think he's a good backup think i think can, he's a good can, backup can, but i don't think he's a jets? starter
1: you and i will differ forever i don't think but, he's a starter but, but in this league i think Mitch, he's an excellent can, backup can but Jalen is a very good down the field thrower they yeah. never stretched the field yesterday they never took the ball the, the farthest pass i think was only like a 20 yard pass. they never really stretched it down there okay that's a uh and b is i also think we realize, the Eagles coaching staff realizes that with Jay Lennon, without Jay Lennon, whatever, yeah. we're playing the Cowboys here. There's a good chance. The
0: there,
1: There's a good chance. We're going to see these Jokers in the playoffs. I'm not giving them anything. It's like, you know what I mean? Don't give them anything in preseason that they might see here or there. I i would i'm telling you the eagles the eagles coaching staff right now they were playing chess they couldn't play checkers we're not playing just for today we're playing chess long term we're not going to give them anything we're not going to give that dan quinn anything extra to look at and study and we're not showing them anything baby we go out there and we can be vanilla and if we just hold on to the ball we're going to win the game well they didn't hold on to the ball that's all and it's as simple as that um I don't take back anything I said about Dak. He had a great game yesterday, but I still say he's a B quarterback and that's all I'll ever be is a B quarterback. Um, I I don't take, I don't take anything. I don't, I don't take back anything I said. I think he had a great game yesterday. I'd shake his hand. Dak, you had a great game yesterday. You really did. That doesn't change my analysis of him whatsoever. He's a B quarterback. I'll always be a B quarterback and it doesn't change my analysis. I give you credit. I'll shake your hand. You beat me today. You got me. You know what? Next time. I don't think it's going to go down this way, brah. I really don't. Um, uh, But I don't care who you are. If you play a pretty good team and you you give it away four times, you're probably going to lose. All that being said, we're 22 yards away from winning the game at the end of the game. I mean, if you'd have told me to go into like this place where it's hard to play and it's a real good team and they're going to give it away four times, I'd say, okay, we're going to lose by 25. No, no, no. still had a chance to win a dance game in the in the the... now both teams need to get their defense in order both of these teams john but um no i i i shake your hand i i you know i wear my orthopedic shoes i stand corrected but if you roll back the tape after i gave you my analysis of the game what was going to happen i said this is boring any injuries or crazy turnovers well we had both so
0: (laughs) If the Eagles' last two games are versus the Saints and the Giants. Now those aren't two pushovers. I know the Saints. The Saints are six and nine. Uh, the Giants are eight and six and one. But you know, you guys could potentially lose both games. The Cowboys could win both their games. Wouldn't the Cowboys get the division title? Is that you know? Is that is yeah? That- okay. Yeah, that, that, that's possible. But um, to be that's to possible, but right to be continued. Yeah,
1: I don't think it's very likely. Yeah, I don't, neither do you. so it's all right.
0: Um, anyway, so, yeah, I'm glad, I'm, I'll always love your Eagles analysis, Joe, because you're really passionate about it, you really care. So, when people, because a lot of, there's a lot of opinions in the industry, people just do sports, uh, specifically only sports, they're always like, don't, you know, don't have a, don't be a fan of a team. But when it comes to breaking down games of your favorite team, the fan that breaks down the, the game is really, you could hear the passion in their voice. So, yeah. That, you know, if you weren't an Eagles fan, you were talking about the Eagles Cowboys, I, I guarantee you wouldn't have as nearly as much passion describing you know what you saw. So I, I appreciate that about you, man.
1: Thank you. No problem, bro. Uh,
0: as far as Christmas dinner, uh can you give just a little bit insight into what you ate?
1: Oh, a little bit of turkey, a little bit of, I did this, didn't we do this the other day? You talk, you you talk
0: about what you like, but is that what your is that what your uh, sister made?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was uh, my niece, and it was the turkey, the t- stuffing, mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, you know, all that good stuff, normal stuff. Why are we oh, back on Christmas dinner? <laughs> we started there an hour ago. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so that's all for sports today. Uh, I'm glad everyone's listening. Just another edition of Sean Matthews Podcast. Uh, Joe Thurman and me just trying to do our best, putting out two episodes a week right now. Uh, we're on Spotify. Apple, TuneIn Radio, RSS is the feed. Social media links will be in the bio description of this episode. Um, Everyone, have a great week. Joe, you have anything to say?
1: Yeah. If you come to a fork
0: in a road, take it. (laughs) All right. Take care, everyone.